Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Today, I've tried for three weeks. How many think I can do it? Oh, all you of little faith. Nehemiah chapter 4. I'm not going to read that chapter. Go home and read it if you're new with joining us for the first time today. You're listening to our podcast. We've been in a series called Arise and Build. And we have been a couple of weeks now about arise and fight for your family. Because Nehemiah chapter 4, he begins to put families together. And they begin to fight for one another. As I said last week, the enemy tries to get us to fight with one another. God wants us to fight for one another. That's worth the drive already. And so Nehemiah 4, just one scripture to remind us, and then I'm going to get into this. Therefore, verse 13, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the opening, and I set people according to their, what, families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I pray your blessing to be upon us for the rest of our time together. Thank you for what you're doing. And God, what a, what a time that we are living in right now, Lord, that the church does need to arise and father i pray especially for the families right now god even the families that are here or listening to this message that may be in a season of struggle but god i pray lord that hope would just come into the life into the situation whatever the whatever they however they are even the most hopeless situation i pray that your love and your light would light that darkness up with your word today help me to preach and to teach this god I pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Tell a couple people, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. Amen. Yeah, that's good so they could see. Amen. All right, just wanted to just use this again to bring you up to speed. If you were not here, Nehemiah in chapter 4, he begins to position families, put them together. And um, they begin to, and he tells them to fight for one another. Uh, And let me just say this, one of the first things he did, just going to recap a little bit here, is he, first thing he did is he positioned men to fight together. I spent a whole Sunday on this. Why? Because listen, when we get dads and fathers and we get men into the right position of where they need to be in serving God, there is a 93% probability that the rest of the family will follow. That's huge. 93% probability if dad can get in there, then the rest of the family will follow. And let me just say what this whole thing is about. We all want good families. We all want healthy marriages. We all want um, our kids to live for God. We want, we want these good things to happen. We want a good family. Would anybody say, no, Pastor Eddie, I disagree with that? I want to be busted and disgusted and fight every day and just uh, my kids. Oh, no, no, no. We all, all want that. Here's the thing I want you to know, that none of that will happen by accident. We have got to be intentional, and we have got to put the work in to do it. I'm just, I'm just saying that very clearly. The Bible is very clear on that. There's a lot of scriptures in the Bible, chapters even, Ephesians 4 through 6 about the family, Corinthians. Uh, he writes half the first letter about the family. And all of it is, is things, it's instructions that we are, we are to do and, and in order for our families to succeed. 
And so it's, it's not easy. It's not going to happen on its own. We've got to be intentional about it. And so Nehemiah gives these three commands in this chapter, um, and i just run through the first one real quick. Uh, it's arm yourselves. That's the first thing. You can, in fact, take out your notes from last Sunday and just build on them uh, because it's, it's part of the same message, but God began to give me all kind of new stuff here, so we're just going to go with it. But uh, the first part was arm yourself. Everybody say arm yourself. This is really what's going on here. He had a group of people that had a bunch of tools, and the scripture, and what the tools represent the natural abilities that we all have to, to have a good family, maybe education, and maybe finances, and maybe a good upbringing. You may have a lot to offer to a child, or you may have, have a good start. You bring a lot of good things to the table uh, naturally uh, to help uh, build a good family. Um, you could be a sports family, sports brings family together, all, all these things. These are all the natural um, abilities that you have. Well, the first thing that Nehemiah did once when, when everybody got in position is he said, now I want you to arm yourself. I want you to, watch this, add to your arsenal. I want you, you already had the tools, and many, everybody has got some kind of tools. You, you got some kind of tools in your life that you, that you have. Um, it could be just a, a good work ethic, as I shared with you last week, uh, whatever it is. But now he says, for everyone, uh, there in verse 17, to arm yourselves. This represents the spiritual uh, side of building your family. Th this, this is something that everyone has to do. You have to awaken to the spiritual responsibilities that we have in families. you got to learn to fight uh, spiritual battles. You got to learn that there are things in the Bible called spiritual warfare. You, you need to understand that we are a spirit, soul, and body in that order, not body, soul, and spirit. I'll get to that in a minute. You are a spiritual being. Part of our problem today, as I was telling our, our, our guys here in the city the other day, that they were saying, you know, break it down for us, Pastor Eddie. You know, I come from this background. One, one guy was there. He uh, was raised. He's Syrian, so he's uh, Muslim, but his best friend was a Jew. How about that? And so he learned how to get together. He learned the Jewish culture, even though he was raised Islamic. And he says, we all pray to the same gods, and, and, and we're having this conversation. And so I'm just being led by the Holy Spirit here into, into what, what, to, what to talk about. But here, I, I said, really, this is the problem that most people have, is they don't, they're not aware of the spiritual brokenness that they have. They don't realize the need that they have, spiritually speaking. They need to be awakened to the spirit spiritual life that they have, and that is only found in a relationship with God. And I said, all these religions sound good on paper, but where you really start to get the rub, where you really start to get the disagreement is when you get to the man called Jesus. He messes everything up. Some people are afraid to say his name in school. They're afraid Christmas is coming. They're afraid of a little baby. Come on, somebody. It's that name Jesus. We have no problem with God, and he's a God of love, and he's God, and he's a man upstairs, and all this. Well, I want you to know he don't want to be a man upstairs. He want to be a man downstairs in the living room, bedroom, bathroom, every area of your life, in the garage. He wants to be more in your life than just a man upstairs. Come on, help me today. But when you get to Jesus, someone say his name. Jesus. Ooh, say it again. That's the name, man. That's the name that makes the darkness tremble. That's the name that every devil will, will, will tremble at the name of Jesus. Your Bible says that one day every knee will bow. Every agnostic, atheist, however you are, Muslim, Satan worshiper, religious person, however you are, every knee will bow to Jesus Christ. 
and confess He is Lord of all. Just want to remind you of that today. So you know that when you are what? When you are awakened. So what people don't realize is, is the brokenness that we have. So we, we deal with our flesh too much, and so you need to be awakened spiritually. That's what Nehemiah said. First thing you did, you come into church, and if you're coming here, I thank God for you. I'm glad you're coming, but my goal is that you be spiritually awakened to a relationship with God. That's what I want. We have a lot of this word going around in our culture. I mentioned before about being woke and, and all this, and sometimes you hear them say what woke means, and they give their definition, and you're like, no, please go back to sleep. <laughs> because you're totally wrong, because they use it to try to defend all their different crazy uh, theologies and things like that, and ends up getting off, off, the, off the trails and off the tracks real quick. But no, no, there, but there is a real awakening that God wants all of us to experience, that how to fight for your family, moms and dads, not just dads, you've got to be spiritually awoke. You've got to be spiritually awakened. Let me just mention this. There's a young man that you might have heard of that is going around saying he's been awakened, Mr. Kanye West. Uh, let me just say this. Uh, first of all, I think it's amazing. I think it's absolutely amazing. Let me just, I, I just read this interview. And he, he has got a new album that's called Jesus is King. How about that? Amen. Jesus is King. I grew, I, that'll preach, let's go home right there. If you don't know, Jesus, you know what I loved about because it's Kanye West, they put the album right at Times Square in New York. So as you're walking down Times Square in New York with all kinds of all kinds of beliefs, there right in front of you in a big 3D LED screen, Jesus is king. I mean, I say, man, that's awesome by itself. But he's been going around and he's been traveling and he's been doing these pop-up services. And many people are coming out, and, and they're going to it. But he was asked in this interview and about what his uh, job is now. Please give us a job. That's the first thing you do when you become awoke to the truth. People try to put you in a category. Yeah, right. So what church you go to? And I love keeping them guessing. Amen. What church you go to? I go to a good church. <laughs> what denomination? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not about a denomination. So what do, you, uh, what do you believe in? Why? Because if they, if they can define you, they can confine you. Amen. And, and so they tried to do that with Jesus, and Jesus was all over the place. He was too smooth for me. So I, and I would just turn around and back around. It's not about a church denomination. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about knowing him. And so anyway, they got to uh, Kanye West. Lord, help me. We're going to try it again. If not, next week. Hallelujah. No. <laughs> But this is cool. I wanted to bring this out. He said, Kanye West, my job is to spread the gospel and let people know what Jesus has done for me. I spread a lot of things in the past. There was a time I was letting you know what fashion has done for me. I was letting you know what the Hennessy was doing for me. Can we say Hennessy in church? Some of y'all need to hear this. Because you're still drinking, but you're still thirsty. I'm just saying. He said, I used to tell people what the Hennessy was doing for me. Turned up, Snapchat. Okay, that's my little. I was letting you know all these things, but now, Kanye says, I'm letting you know what Jesus did for me. And in that, I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son now. I'm a son of God. I'm free. Amen. He goes on Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Kimmel says, so now are you a Christian artist? He said, I'm a Christian everything. All right. All right. 
And, and, and so let me just say, and, and I want to bring, bring a little balance here. I'm not, I'm, the thing that we don't need to do is make him the Messiah. This is what, what we need to do is, is I'm not saying he's, the, he's now the man. I'm saying, number one, we need to pray for the brother. We need to pray for him. My prayer is that, God, you hook him up with a seasoned man or woman of God. Some of you may not know this, but uh, David Wilkerson, how many know that name, from, especially from the older generation, David Wilkerson, it started Teen Challenge. It's a man from the suburbs, God called him to New York. He sold everything, went to New York, and got involved in the street gangs, the, the Mau Mau's and the Bishops were two street gangs in New York, and God told him to go sell everything he had, live on the streets, and win them to him. So this uh, suburban white boy and his middle-aged man went to the hard streets of New York and practically gave his whole life to see one of the greatest revivals take place in New York. We now have teen challenges all over the world because of, of this man. Don't know why I told you that story, but I did. His son. Thank you. Front row, you got to be with me. If you sit on the front row, you got you to be with me. David Wilkerson's son, Rich Wilkerson, has a church in Miami. He's the one that married Kanye and Kardashian, Kim Kardashian. They've been going to the church for a little bit. I'm just saying, some of you may not even knew that was a good church in Miami. There was a good church in Miami. People go to Miami for other things, but I'm telling you, God's doing some wonderful things there. In my, let me just say, wouldn't it be amazing if Kanye and Kim Kardashian get saved? and get on fire for God. Could you imagine what God could do through that family? I'm just saying. So, so we just need to pray for him and pray for them. But I want you to know God is doing something in these days. And he, he is, a, and man, they're going to come out. They're already coming out against him. And I pray for him. But I pray he gets hooked up with a good pastor. In fact, I pray for that man right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. It's Sunday, so I know he's doing something today that is churchy and, and something about you. God, I pray that, God, he would become a modern-day Apostle Paul in the hip-hop and Hollywood community. God, that you would turn him around to reach a people that have been turned off to the truth, that is blinded with spirituality but does not know about a relationship with you. I pray that for him in Jesus' name. Amen. So awake, so arm yourself. So he's getting armed. So when I wanted to move to this, then after Nehemiah said that, he moves into verse 17 in this chapter, and he begins to say, speaking of balance, he says in verse 17, with one hand they worked construction, and with the other hand they held a weapon. And to me, that was balance yourself. And he, this is so good. This is so important. And once you get saved, he's saying, don't give up your parenting uh, you know, skills and things that you have been doing. If you're our sport family, you know, that's still cool. Keep, keep doing that. There's nothing wrong with that. But you, you also need to realize your spiritual responsibilities and, and here's where a lot of us in the church world have went wrong, uh, including myself. This is where we lose it, is we don't know how to do the delicate balance between the spiritual and the emotional, the spiritual and the physical. We, 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 don't, we don't know how to live out in this world as Jesus did, and he set a great example for us. But uh, one of the first scriptures I read when I first became a Christian, I'm driving my truck in Grand Rapids, I'm in my early 20s, I got saved, I looked up and I saw a billboard, and it was a picture of a, of a mom, a family, and a dad, and, and they, were, they were praying, and it said, a family that prays together stays together. And so I said, man, that, that's it. For me, that was something that's all I needed is to go home and to say, hey, no, we're going to start doing some things differently. And we're going to start uh, praying over our food. You want to start a fight? Tell everyone to stop when they're hungry. 
and said, we're going to give thanks. And I, I still remember that. I remember sitting there, <laughs> someone laughing over here? And uh, we got people everywhere doing ministry. I love it. We have 60 kids over there. Pray for our workers. Who's signing up for River Kids next week? Come on. Hey, amen. I remember praying for the first time, though, you know, saying, hey, kids, my daughters were young, and I said, we're going to pray over our food. And, uh, you know, first I had to get the, the milk out of the kitchen, which I just leaned over to the fridge. And our little kitchen was so small in our little apartment. It didn't have much. But I learned to just pray. And I remember it was very awkward, very weird. But God, but I was beginning to start a new pattern. So we're going to start praying. Simple, simple. I didn't have a 20-minute prayer balance. He just simply said, we're going to start giving God a, uh, thanks for this food. Second Timothy, that's actually in the Bible. If you need a verse to be thankful, there's one in there. But it's good to just stop and, and be thankful. And then I learned that that is an opportunity. My kids had simple questions like, why do you pray? And I had to learn that it, I need to quit saying, because we're Christians. I, I needed to learn to sit down and have a conversation with them and say, this is why we lift our hands. This is why we go to church every week. This is why we read our Bible. We don't read our Bible, we learn our Bible. What am I telling you to do? I'm, learn, I'm trying to tell you about, the, don't be so spiritual, but we got to learn to do the balance. You got to learn to have both of them when you raise your children. Let me give you some of these scriptures. It's, I begin to dive into this for years. This, is, this has really helped me. Uh, Third John chapter um, two or verse two, there's only, there's no chapter in that book. It says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Everybody say all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So I'm going to, I'm going to run through these kind of quick. These are different areas of our life that we need to have balance. You're, this has everything to do with fighting for our family, because fighting for our family is something you don't just do on Sundays. It's a lifestyle. It's something that we have to do. Deuteronomy 6, God said, live this out in your every day-to-day -day life. When your kids awake at night, in the morning, when you put them to bed at night, when you walk along the road, you know, tell them about Jesus. This is a lifestyle. The best way to fight for your kids is to live for Christ. It's to be like Christ the best that you can uh, in front of them. But here he brings tremendous balance. He says, just as your soul prospers, your, your soul, your, your soul is your, your mind, will, and emotions. He's talking about, uh, you know, you take care of your spiritual side, but you have an emotional side. I want you to prosper in, in that area as well. In other words, you need to bring some, some balance to your work life. Balance to your life. The scripture says, do not overwork yourself to become wealthy. And that's what it says. For if you do that, your money will grow wings and fly away. It actually says that. And for lack of your own understanding, cease. That's actually the scripture. But the scripture that I, that I remember reading is Proverbs 11.1. 1. This, this is not up there. I'm just giving you from my heart. And God said, an unjust, unjust balance is an abomination to God, but a just balance is his delight. Proverbs 11.1. 1. I took that little scripture, and then I began to make sure I try my best to live this out in front of my kids and to have these conversations. But overworking ourselves, what, what happens when we become uh, overworked? We need to become frustrated. We become uh, very touchy. 
touchy, easily offended. We become mad, angry. We're, 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 we're making bad decisions when you, when you wear yourself down and fleshly. And you, you may be really good at the job uh, at work, but, but we're not really doing it well enough at home. What, what is wrong? That's when we're starting to get out of balance. You can even do that in ministry. I have to have this in my own life. I have my, my devotional time that I got to keep with me and Lord. I got to be in tune with God because I preach from what God gives me in my heart, but I'm also a husband. I'm also a dad. I'm also a son. I'm also a pastor. I'm also a counselor. I'm also a chaplain. I got all these other responsibilities, so I got to make sure that I don't get this confused, my work for Christ and my work with Christ. And so you got to learn to have that, have that balance in, in your everyday life. That's why we have that story of Mary and Martha in the Bible. Mary and Martha were two sisters who invited Jesus into their house. Martha was up. You guys know the story. If not, this is, I'll tell you real quick. Martha was up busy working, and she was doing a, preparing the food. And, Mar- and Mary just sat at the feet listening to Jesus talk. Could you imagine that? Can you imagine being able to sit down at the feet and Jesus is at your kitchen table? And he's just in there and he's just talking. We were in Israel, man. They took us to his, his hometown where Jesus grew up. And then we were standing in a synagogue, tiny little building. And it's probably about the size of this stage, actually. And uh, we were just in there. And they said, Jesus was in here teaching. Whew, say it again. <laughs> this is amazing. But Jesus sat down and he's in this living room and he's teaching. Mary is sitting at his feet listening to every word he's saying. Martha's in the kitchen trying to cook the food. She gets mad. She gets angry. She gets in the flesh. And she says, Jesus, tell my sister to get up. Get in here and help me. I'm doing all the work by myself. And Jesus said, what you're doing may be important, but she has chosen the one thing that is needed. Hear me, Dad. Hear me, Mom. The one thing that is needed to fight for your family education tools. You may have a big tool belt. You have a lot of resources. You have a lot of experience. You're a good mom. You're a good dad. But Jesus said, there is one thing that is needed, and that is to sit at my feet and to listen to my word. That's the scripture of balance. I don't mean to make us feel bad today because I know we're all overworked. We all work around, but I, I want, my job as a pastor is to try to lead this ministry. I'm trying to help you how to do that. So I begin to set borders in my life. I begin to set perimeters. I had, uh, I had overtime. We got all of that going on. But let me, let me just ask you, this is Sunday. This past weekend, this past week, I know it was Halloween, so it might have been some school activities going on or your schedule was out of sync. But how much time have you spent with the Lord this past week? Just ask, how many times did you have the Bible open? How many times did you really sit at his feet? Someone say balance. If we overwork, we, something's got to give, something's got to break, and it's usually your closest relationship, which is your family. We're not designed to work all these crazy hours. That's why God gave us a Sabbath. So real quick, I don't have time to get into all of these. In your relationships, you need balance. Ecclesiastes 7 says, do not be overly righteous, nor be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Don't be overly righteous. That's, that's, these, uh, that's being super spiritual is what we call that. You know, and sometimes I've learned, I, I've just learned that people that are always having these big you know, conversations with Gabriel are usually people, I don't mean to be mean, but they overcompensate because they're not really in the word themselves. And so when they see you, they got to exaggerate a little bit. I, I'm just trying to help somebody today. Balance. 
Ecclesiastes says don't do that because it, it sabotages your relationships. The Pharisees would fast two times a week. They were the most religious people on earth. The Sabbath law was that you could not go a half a mile from your house. So they wrote in their tradition, house means, they redefined house as your property. So they would carry napkins with them and they would want to go out into the city because they loved people to see them in their robes and, and their phylacteries in the morning that they were in prayer. But they had a problem. They couldn't go according to their law too far away from their property. So they would carry um, papers or, or they would carry cloth with them and they would drop them and they would say, that's my property, so I'm allowed to go a mile from that. And they would go within Jerusalem and, and they would come over here because these people haven't seen how religious I am. And so I want them to see, but I'm, I'm not breaking the law, God. And, and, they were, and they were doing that. They were super religious, but they wouldn't speak to somebody who was of a different race, who was of a Gentile, who was a sinner or a Samaritan. They had nothing to do with them because they were overly righteous. Jesus comes and says, I don't need no property. Let me sit down with you. Let me sit down and get to know you. Let me sit down. And they hated him for that. Balance. Don't be overly righteous. And don't be overly wise. What's that? That's a know-it-all. Look this way. You ever know someone that just knows everything? I mean, you say, did you see that on the news? Yep, I was there. It's, oh, man, look at this building. Yeah, I already know. I was here when it was built. So, whoa, look at those trusses. Yeah, that's a uh, 16, 15 pound truss. I mean, now listen, here's the thing. I, I, the older you get, you do experience life. And so you do know some things. I'm, I'm, and I realized this just the other day. I practiced what I preached. God deals with me about this before I bring it to you, by the way. I'm in the car with these very respected officials, you know, and I'm, well, I'm human, like to impress them. And they've struck up a conversation that, man, I lived. I knew exactly what they were talking about. But this one guy in the back who didn't get to say much on the way to the thing spoke up. And I was so tempted to just tell them my version of the story. The Holy Spirit said, shut up. Let him tell his story. Sometimes that's the best revelation we can ever have. I would tell you to tell your neighbor right now to shut up, but I don't want to start a fight right now. So let me just say, just sometimes, shh. It's okay to say these three words. I don't know. Ecclesiastes is just trying to give us balance, guys. I wish I had, I could spend a whole week just on that right now. Balance. Now, let's, let's get into Jesus. Here, let's look at Jesus here. I'm giving these two scriptures. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. Emotionally, that's wisdom, and physically, balance. And in favor with God and men. Everybody say balance. God loves you, but how about your coworkers? No, 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 listen, they're persecuting me, Pastor. Listen, there's a difference between being persecuted for righteousness and being persecuted for self-righteousness. Pharisees were persecuted by self-righteousness. I'm trying to help us with balance today. Jesus grew in favor with God and man. That's, that's our example. Look at what he did here. Uh, I love this in John 1.14. It says, Jesus was full of grace and truth. I love this. I'm going to bring it into the family here in just a minute. Grace and truth. He had grace when they brought the woman that was caught in adultery. Threw her down at his feet. Interrupted. It was a Sunday morning. It was a Sabbath morning. He was preaching. They brought her into the church. Threw her down. You're talking about interrupting your sermon. Well, the woman that was caught in adultery. And here was the Pharisees saying, the law says to stone her. 
You guys know the story. Jesus reached down to where she was, down to her level. First, he said, those of you without sin cast a first stone. They all dropped their stones, and they ran away. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. I don't have time to really get into that story. This is the only thing I want you to see. Jesus reached down, and he picked the woman up, and he said this. He said, where are the people that condemn you? She looked around. She said, no one's here. He said, neither do I condemn you. That's grace. But look what he said in the next sentence. Go and sin no more. Truth. Balance, guys. Balance. Balance. Everybody say balance. Some of us need to learn that balance in our lives, in our spiritual lives. Bring it into our children. You have to learn this balance in fighting for your family and bonding for your children. Sports, academics, as well as the spiritual needs. Let me just give this to you, parents, the best I can. You've got to learn that balance. I mean, if you're going to spend $300 in your kid playing soccer, but you can't send them to youth convention, I think there's a, what we may be something that we, I want to encourage you to take another look because, or summer camp. One week of summer camp is equivalent to two years of your kid going to church every Sunday. How many of you have, how many of our kids and young people has been to camp? I mean, some of them have even counseled, been a counselor. It, it's a may, it'll change your life. I'm telling you, and I know we're going into winter season, so I'm not giving a plug. I'm just telling you, uh, actually I am giving a shameless plug, that camp will change your kid's life. I'm, I'm trying to bring balance here. Well, no, 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 well, my kid, my kid needs to learn soccer. I've seen your kid play soccer. <laughs> they are not going to the World Cup. I'm just trying to... They ain't going to the NBA, brother. They may be good. They can even dunk. But come on, let's be real. So I'm just trying to say when they turn 13 and 14 and they they begin to drift from the things of God, I'm telling you, every Wednesday night, we got people here wanting to train your kids. Every Friday night, we got the church is here, not just our church, but churches are trying our best to say, hey, bring your kids. 60 of them over there today are learning. Uh, 252, what's this month? Courage caught her off guard. <laughs> Ask Lindsay or Felicia, but your kids are learning the word right now as we're in here. That's what we do. This, this, is, this, this is what we got to You got to learn. And then some of you may be going all law spiritual, but you, you don't throw the football with your kid. I'm, I'm telling you, some of you, the most spiritual thing you can do is take your kid to a game. Take them, cheer them on. Let them hear your voice. I'm I'm trying to say there's got to be balance in this whole thing in fighting for your family. There's got to be got to be a balance with blessings and boundaries. And then I'm getting ready to close. Blessing, blessing our kid, letting our kid do things, and 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 giving them things when they when they deserve it. But also, we got we got to learn to tell our kids no. This is just practical things that are missing in today's culture. I'm telling you. We got to learn to tell our kids no. We got to learn to set boundaries, have those hard conversations. So when they're 12 and 13 and their sexuality is being awakened and their hormones are all over the place and they don't even know who they're attracted to or what their identity is, if you don't tell them, somebody else in the community will. Don't pray about it, brother. Get out of the prayer closet. Sit her down and tell her she is fearfully and wonderfully made just the way that she is. Even though she may not have a boyfriend right now, she's a girl. He's a man. God made him. You are made in God's image. And he loves you. And he's got an anointing and a calling on your life. Don't believe the hype. You got to have those talks. 
You got to have those, 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 those boundaries. Well, I, well, I'm like this. Now, I know there may be a medical condition. There may be all kinds of other things. I put that in that category. I'm talking about the way you feel. Lisa Brevere said it so good the other day. She was preaching at a big conference, man. And she started talking about this subject. And she says, thank God I didn't live out what I felt because at 13, I felt like I was a unicorn. Right. <laughs> Trying to bring balance. Somebody say balance. balance. Write this scripture down, chapter 2, verse 20 of Nehemiah. Nehemiah stood up and he said to the enemy, you have no right to this. You have no right here. You, mom and dads, we got to be able to stand up and speak and say, you have no right into this home. You have no right into this house. You got to monitor what they watch, monitor what they listen to. I got to get it all in. I got one more point. I'm going to go to it. So we go a little over. I'll buy our workers Cordoba. I don't know. Psych. Got to have balance. <laughs> the Lord will reward you. <laughs> People have no idea what being a pastor like. Preach for three hours. When's the last time you served in River Kids? I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. We, we want the anointing, but I, I'm just saying. I'm just trying to bring some balance. Got to watch what our kids. I'm going to run after here. We do got to lean into our kids a little bit. You know, don't expect our pastors and the church to do everything. I'm trying to just trying to help us today with some balance. You got to learn the kid to say no. You got to learn to say, hey, man, this isn't, this isn't, and then tell them why. You see, I, I, don't, I don't party. When I first got saved, it was because, you know, the Bible says no drunkard will go to heaven. I mean, that's a scary verse. We all know that. So it's like, you know, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, because liars go to hell, liars go to hell. Yes, they do. What's that song? Burn, burn, burn. Okay, some of you church kids know some crazy songs they learn in church. (laughs) Inside joke with some of you. Anyway, so when you first get saved, it's like, I don't do that thing because God is going to put me in hell. And it's like, well, then as you grow in your relationship with God, it's like, you know what? I'm not going to do any of these things because it's not pleasing to my father. I, you know, it's like saying, I'm not going to cheat on my wife because she's, I'm going to get a divorce and she's going to take half. How about let's not do that because you love her? Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's the relationship part of serving God. Right. Read it in Psalms, David, all over the place. Jesus said this. Watch this. God, he said, the Father always hears what I say. How many would like that? Yes. Jesus said, the Father always hears what I say. Next verse. Because I do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Drop mic, let's go home. Well, Pastor Eddie, I can't live perfect. No, 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 God gives you the grace that empowers you to do it. So when you come a little bit short, his grace is there to cover you. But that means we give up and say, oh, well. So he says, arm yourselves, balance yourselves. And then the last point, verse 19, Nehemiah says, the work is too hard and extensive, and we're separated from one another. So when you hear the sound of the shofar, I'm not going to blow it, then rally together. What's he saying? You can't fight for your family and raise your family today by yourself. He's saying some of you are too far away. You're down over here and you're working on the wall and you're doing life your own way and you come to church maybe or maybe you don't even come to church because you got it in your mindset. You're going to do it your way no matter what. You ain't going to be able to do it. God invented this thing called the church. 
And Nehemiah said, hey, man, you don't have to do it by yourself. You need to come together. You got brothers and sisters here who have been through what you've been through, who have been through it with their kids. I've been through the little diapers and warming up the bottles on, on the stove. We didn't have what you guys have today. And, 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 and diapers, cloth diapers. Who invented that? But we've been through that, and we've been through the teenage years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the young adult years. I mean, I there are people here that some of you have got grandkids and been through that before. I'm telling you, the best way to fight for your family is to come together. Yes. I don't want to open up because I may, I may get hurt. That's been our problem. You don't have to come tell us everything. Please don't. <laughs> How you doing? Everything. You don't know what's going on? No, not right now. Got to go to the bathroom. I've been up. Come to a small group. Connect. Balance. Balance. It's easy. Serving God is easy when you learn to balance, man. When I get frustrated and aggravated, I got to stop and say, I'm out of balance somewhere. I'm out of balance somewhere, God. What I say last week, if you got all Bible and no spirit, you dry up. Some of you have been in Leviticus for six months. I mean, that's... Why? <laughs> you got the word and no spirit, you dry up. You got all spirit, whoosh, but no word, you blow up. But you got the word and the spirit, you'll grow up. Yes. That's how you do it. Someone say balance. 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 Hallelujah. Balance. One of my greatest experiences in life has been growing up in the church. My, I had all kind of different teachers, Royal Ranger commanders. Our church was in Grace Assembly of God in Detroit. And these guys just poured into our lives. Brother Gotson, I love that man. He was a Nigerian. Couldn't understand a word he said. One time mom and dad was fellowshipping and they left me at church. How many's ever left your kid at church? A lot of you have. Hey, Amen. I mean, you know, you're just visiting, you know. And so they, they come and got me a couple days later. No, I'm just kidding. They, you just, you know, you get caught up. I left, I, anyway. And I was in the basement, and Brother Gotson was locking up. And I'll never forget, he was turning the lights off. I turned around, and there he was, six foot four Nigerian. Hey, Dave, what are you doing down here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he used to get a ruler, uh, hit you. He would, he would say that. <laughs> Pastor Brown had to say, Brother, we don't hit people with rulers in America. They need it. <laughs> and I did. And one time, anyway. But I love the diversity. I get all, and that's what you get in the church community. It's, church, it's, it's awesome to have your kids around people who are a little bit different than you. I was going to talk about politics for a minute, but I don't have time. Because that is the enemy's new weapon to divide us. Here I go. If you talk more, I'm trying to help us today. If you talk more about politics to your unsafe friend than you do about the gospel, you're out of balance. Vote. I agree. Who you vote for does matter. Who you impact for the kingdom of God uh, it matters more. This is the, one of the newest things. That, and, and let me just encourage you, some of you might need to watch another news station besides just, because you need to learn that not everybody sees it the way you see it. I'm not saying you support them. What's the number one thing we're told and begged to get in the book of Proverbs? Understanding. Yes. You never are going to get understanding if you're around the same people that think the same, talk the same, act the same, look the same, even eat the same food. Boring. 
That's how you get understanding. That's how Jesus was able to sit down at the woman at the well and say, tell me your story. He already knew. His first disciple was a tax collector. He picked Judas and put Judas over the money. He was a thief. Which brings up another whole subject. Just because you're getting away with something don't mean God's condoning it. I mean, that, that's... Imagine Judas coming in the Bible study that morning when God didn't zap me, and I was kind of buzzing last night, you know? I was, I, I was kind of this, and God didn't zap me. No, no, Jesus knew all about it. He knew that money was about $25 short. He knew. Revelations were told that he just gave him time to repent. I gave that woman Jezebel time to repent. But then he said, here it comes. Balance. Gave you grace, but now it's time. Grace and truth. Come on, let's stand. You can't do this by yourself. That's the last thing I wanted to say to you today. Do you have to go to church to be a pastor? Or, or, or do you have to go to church to be a pastor? <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean... I, I, I was pastoring in the back seat of a car the other day. I was pastoring at a luncheon the other day. I, pastoring all over the place. Back, I, I, I win people to the Lord when I worked for Intamins at the back, in the milk aisle at Kroger's for 17 years. You can do it. You got to go to church to be a Christian. You got to go to church to be a growing Christian. How about this one? I like this one better. You got to go to church to be a Christian. You got to go to church to be an obedient one. Because the Bible does say, go to church. But don't look at it like it's a chore. I know some of you, man, I got that sword today and I might have nicked you a little bit. I know, politics, whatever, that's a landmine today. I don't care where you are on that side of the aisle. I tell you who I vote for and what matters to me. And I'm not saying it because I'm up here and it's going to be, yeah, everybody's going to clap. What's important to me? I support the Lamb. I support Jesus Christ. He is His kingdom. I vote biblically by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, I'm not going to lose my ever-loving mind over arguing with somebody and my joy over it. I'll talk politics, but as soon as politics becomes king, I'm out. Balance. Arm yourself. Balance yourself. And you can't do it by yourself. Amen? Thank you, Lord. We're settling into this building, God. I can feel it. I can feel your presence every week. I just get more and more comfortable. I thank you. Thank you for the work that's being done physically. Thank you for the work that's being done spiritually and in the families and lives here today. Father, I pray a blessing on all of our families here today that, God, you would continue to work in their life. Those that are here that don't know you and with your heads bowed right now, if you're here and you say, Pastor Eddie, I'm really not awakened. I, I heard you talk about that. Even Kanye, I mean, that's an amazing story, but I don't feel that same. I haven't had that experience. But you know what? I'm here today and I want to be awakened spiritually. I want, I want to be uh, saved. I want to be a Christian today. Just lift your hand right where you are. I want to pray for you today. Lift your hand if you're here today. Pray for me. Pray for me. Amen. I see that hand. Anyone else see that hand? Anyone else? Anyone else? Pray for me today. I want to be awakened. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 You can put your hand down. You're here today, Pastor Daddy, I need to learn some balance in my life. I'm all over the place. 
Lift your hands to the Lord. I got both mine up. This is something we learn all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will encourage you that you don't have to do it by yourself. We got a church here for you. Come to growth track tonight. I'll just say that. If you're new to the church, come out outside at 6 o'clock. I mean that. Being practical here, not being all spiritual. Have you go home. These are ways you connect and get involved and get in. I want, I want to see you make it. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing one more song. I'll ask our prayer teams to come up. And if you need prayer over anything in your life, if you lifted your hand for salvation, you lifted your hand to give your life to Jesus, as we sing this one last song, I'm going to invite you to come out of your seat and come on up and give prayer while the rest of us are just going to worship with this last song, and then we're going to go. And I'm asking not to move, not to leave early. Just respect of those that are coming up for prayer, but I want you to come on up. Come on up, prayer teams. Come on up. Get in position if you need prayer today. You come out of your seat and come on up and get some prayer as we sing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, rest of us just worship. Let that word get settled down in your heart. But if you need prayer, won't you come today? Come on, if you lifted your hand for salvation today, won't you come? Let us pray for you today. worship right now. Ask God to help you with this balance. Jesus, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to quit isolating ourselves. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.